Hello and welcome to season two of A Thousand Shades of Green, a literature podcast celebrating contemporary poets and writers. I'm Susan Richardson, your host and author of the poetry collections Things My Mother Left Behind from Potter's Grove Press and Tiger Lily, an ekphrastic collaboration with artist Jane Cornwell, published by JC Studio Press. I also write the blog Stories from the Edge of Blindness. So before I get started with the reading for this episode, I just wanted to mention that during the episodes, you may hear some sounds in the background. I record from my home in Ireland, so you may occasionally hear the rain, or you might hear a quiet snuffle or a snore, which is probably my youngest pug, Jade, who is often sleeping next to me while I work. In the first season of the podcast, I tried to cut out or work around the noises of life, but I think it makes much more sense to work with the sounds, to let the life in the wings happen. What we're celebrating on A Thousand Shades of Green is, after all, an array of unique and beautiful views of what it is to be alive. That said... It is my absolute pleasure for this first episode of our second season to share the incredible writing of Gaynor Kane. Gaynor lives in Belfast, Northern Ireland. She came to writing late in life after finishing her Open University Bachelor's with Honors degree with a creative writing module in 2015. Mainly a writer of poetry, she has had work published in journals and anthologies in the UK, Europe, and America. In 2018, the Hedgehog Poetry Press launched their Stickleback series with her micro-collection, Circling the Sun, which is about some of the early women pilots. Gaynor released her pamphlet, Memory Forest, in December 2019. It is a thematically tight collection about burial rituals and last wishes. She released her debut full collection, Venus in Pink Marble, in September 2020 and is co-author of Penned In, a pandemic poetry pamphlet in collaboration with Karen Mooney, released in November 2020. In July 2022, her pamphlet of love poems, Eight Types of Love, was published. In December 2024, the Hedgehog Poetry Press will conclude their Stickleback series with an illustrated micro-collection, which is a collaboration between Gaynor and her daughter Tara. Gaynor was awarded funding from the Arts Council of Northern Ireland in 2018-19 and 2020-21, which allowed her writing time and professional development, including mentoring. Gaynor is a keen amateur artist and photographer and has had some of her visual art published in journals and anthologies as well as her writing. 
Gaynor has performed at several literary events, including the Belfast Book Festival, Open House Festival, Stendhal Music Festival, Gloucester Poetry Festival, and Cheltenham Poetry Festival. She has several years' experience in event support in the public sector, and from 2016 has been organizing, curating, and hosting literary events for various festivals, including Aspects, the Belfast Book Festival, Eastside Arts, and Mount Stewart Conversations. She's hosted hashtag Top Tweet Tuesday for Black Bow Press on Twitter, which involves reading and commenting positively on hundreds of poems. She was a judge for the North Carolina Poetry Society, guest editor for the Bangor Literary Journal, and guest sub-editor for The Storms, a journal of poetry, prose, and visual art. I discovered Gaynor's work through the poetry podcast, Eat the Storms, created and hosted by Damien B. Donnelly, and was an instant fan of her writing. It is just super cool. Her voice is inventive, bold, eye-opening, and unapologetic. Her poems often have a sensual, seductive quality that leaves you feeling the fierceness and heat of her language. Gaynor writes with a fearlessness, a fire that I cannot help but covet, and I am incredibly excited to read a selection from her impressive catalog of work, an electric beginning to the second season of A Thousand Shades of Green. For the first poem, I've chosen Gaynor's piece from the inaugural issue of The Storms. It's called Not in Kansas. She sprawls across a fur-covered throne on a rocky ledge, cantilevering mist, swallowing skyscrapers. She has no striped tights or sparkly red shoes. Her heart requires intense heat to burn, to be tumbled in a tropical typhoon at the equator of every wish. From Stickleback One, Circling the Sun, I've chosen the linguistics of high-flying fashion. First, they were tongue-tied by men, the mechanics, fathers, boyfriends, husbands, body language bound, no free speech or lone flights, patois pinched, clipped, nipped at the ankles, skirts clenched at the hem, pulled tight, bowed, forced to hobble in a geisha-like gait. 
Next came knickerbockers, convertible culottes and quilted satin, the color of Victoria plums. With a twirl, it became a dress of discourse. Thick belts, corset tight, wasp-waisted women. But gradually, one syllable and flying vernacular at a time, they learnt how to say goodbye to skirts. The rest of the poems for this episode are all from Gaynor's collection, Eight Types of Love. This one is called Alone and Adrift. Fist unfurled, she stares at the future on her palm, traces the arc of her lifeline, picks out grit from under her nails, sees writing in the sand of rough skin. Rubbing fingers to thumb, she hears long dune grass rustle, webbed folds and wrinkled knuckles become gentle ripples on a moonlit ocean, whirlpools in the whorls of her fingerprints. Lunula on thumbnail, a little moon to navigate by, to find a radius to her ulna to feel the warmth of another's hand, cupped and stroking her cheek, a lightness of touch, as sensuous as a sea breeze. This next one is called Stalker. From the corner of an indigo sky, a crow propels like a sycamore seed. Still, he watches. Vixen and her kits scamper in the central reservation. Light bulbs come on one by one. Still, he watches. A hen party plays a drinking game. The waitress has a plunging leopard print top. Still, he watches. Tsunami of smoke and faces pours from the pub at closing time. Still, he watches her. Walking, keys gripped between fingers. She hears distant footsteps. Stiletto heel snaps. The night splinters. The fifth poem is called, To Those Who Say I Can't Sing. To have the sound for love on the tip of your tongue and not be able to make the round oohs and long ahs. To have the sound for love reverberating around your skull and buzzing under your eyelids. Bees dance, thrum, tap and you have an itch you cannot scratch. An itch that will render you blind if you rub, 
but loss of one sense improves the others. To have the sound for love in the hunt for a single sock match, look in drawers pulling garments away from edges, See a ridge of downy dust growing around a van base while spiders weave tapestries out of corner cobwebs, then hang by a fine thread. To have the sound for love muffled in the womb of a small room, the rise and fall of a chest, a baby's breath in a warm woolen blanket, the clutch of a finger in a tiny clenched fist, the size of her beating heart. To have the sound for love grow from an ache in your belly, slowly rising like molten honey. To feel your diaphragm form a drum-taut sheet, to bounce sweet smooth notes up to the hive darkness of your vaulted mouth. To have the sound for love and sing. This next poem is called Belfast Hedgers after John Clare. That first summer in our new home, we became suburban hedgers, wore hats to protect our scalps, but little else in the way of safety gear. The holly hedge got the better of us, scratched our skin. When the foliage was trimmed, we could see the old woman's handiwork, how she had lovingly laid greenwood to align with the horizon, woven into wattle like the perfect willow baskets with their sky-high price tags in St. George's Market. Long ago, might those glossy, poisonous leaves have been blotched with her blood, too? The final poem I've chosen for today's episode is called Dear Tara, after Sean Thomas Doherty. I dreamed of you as a sleeping bumble in the yellow bloom of St. John's wort. I dreamed of you as a tiny red feather pirouetting from the bloody breast of the robin. I dreamed of you as candy floss cloud above a siege of cranes migrating. I dreamed of you as the mile-long uphill path to Parliament buildings at Stormont. I dreamed of you as a three-toed sloth ruminating on rice leaves. I dreamed of you as the poker-straight slanted side rail of the library's bookshelf ladder. I dreamed of you as phosphine gas held stable within a glass globe at the Ulster Museum. I dreamed of you as a silver-gilded, skin-thin page of a purple-bound Bible. 
I dreamed of you as an awful Aztec god, reincarnated as a water dog, salamandering across sandy seabeds. I dreamed of you as a pop art heart in turquoise blue and emerald green. I dreamed of you as oxygen bound to hemoglobin, pumped from my lungs to each and every artery. I had the honor of being one of the writers to be included in the inaugural issue of The Storms, a journal of poetry, prose, and visual arts edited by Damien B. Donnelly, who was also a featured writer in season one of A Thousand Shades of Green. For the inaugural issue, Gaynor was the sub-editor, and I had the pleasure of meeting her and hearing her read at the launch in Dublin. It was my first live reading, and I was super nervous, but if I'm remembering correctly, I think I read a poem that day that Gaynor kind of liked. So for today's closing poem, I've chosen the title piece from my ekphrastic collaboration with artist Jane Cornwell. This is Tiger Lily. As my father's memories gathered dust and mist crept behind his eyes, the sorrow that colored his life turned to water in his hands. His edges softened. He became sweeter, more playful. He snuck through the house, a shushing finger pressed to the grin that lit up his face like the moon, snatched pieces of chocolate from his wife's private stash, shared the spoils. He ate whipped cream without a spoon, slept in his favorite suede shoes, told me one day he would fly away. At the end, he was peaceful, my sister and I holding his hands as he took his last sips of air. He will never be entombed. He will be given back to the earth to mingle with the roots of trees, become the soil that cultivates life. He will be branches that touch the sky, leaves rustled by a gentle wind. He will be a field of sunflowers that greet the morning, rolling hills that stretch to the edge of night. He will be a tiger lily, blooming bright for just one day. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of A Thousand Shades of Green, celebrating the exceptional writing of Gaynor Kane. It has been my privilege to read her beautiful work. You can find out more about Gaynor in the show notes and on my website, floweringink.com. 
Don't forget to take a minute to follow, rate, and comment on our podcast. And we'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode. A Thousand Shades of Green was created and presented by me, Susan Richardson. All artwork was created by Jane Cornwell. A Thousand Shades of Green is produced by Joe Richardson.